Counterintelligence is produced by Forensic News. Support independent journalism at patreon.com backslash Forensic News. Special thanks to Dana Berry, Andre Dunkel, William Healy, Angela Jackson, Zachariah Zskor Kaminsky, Sasha Millstone, Craig Pierce, Greg Schneider, and Jason Zimmerman. Today's guest is Eric Friedman. Welcome to the show, man. What's going on? Hey, how's it going? Uh, not too much. Just, just chilling right now. It's great to have you, man. And it's great to have a yeah. comedian on the show. <laughs> yeah, fun to be on. <laughs> We are changing things up today a little bit. So to our listeners, I just want to say too, for those of you listening to this show who may or may not know, uh, my background is kind of in, is in comedy and music and things. So if, if you've been listening later and you just heard political stuff, uh, this is more where my roots are. Uh, That's great because my, my roots are in being a political spy or something. Uh, I don't <laughs> <Okay>. know, <laughs> investigative reporter. What? <laughs> Let's get the plug in first. You know, we always love to do it. So, Eric, um, you're stand up in L.A., but you've got a show called Two Numb Babies. Why don't you just tell us about that? Yeah, um, got an animated podcast. It's like short form, um, anywhere from like five to ten minute episodes. And they're like half written, half ad libbed, uh, where myself and Willie Simon, another stand up comedian, we uh, we just choose kind of broad subjects like anything from climate change and guns to uh to what's going on in the news that week we just did bitcoin um we've done bella thorne ruining only fans uh <laughs> we've done one on a movie theater reopening a movie theater chain reopening in texas uh during the pandemic it's kind of any anything we feel like doing um all comedy based there's a handful of facts in there but we really kind of play off the two dumb babies so that we can make jokes and people aren't like looking at it of like, Oh, they're reporting on something. It's like, no, no, no. We're, we're making jokes and having fun. If there's some truth to it, it's just cause that's the way we make jokes. What's funny about it too, is that it's Eric and Willie, uh, his, his co-writer, but their, their animated persona is these babies. And there's just something funny about that. And the animation, I mean, it really looks fantastic. Like when Thank I was you. watching it, how do you guys get it to look so real? I mean, what is, is it, are you just a great um, artist or what? <laughs> well, Tony Solano, um, who's been a partner of mine in animation for about 12 or 13 years now, maybe even coming up on 15. Um, he's an animator by trade. That's what he does for a living. And he is an extremely good artist. He's the one who did all the character designs and, uh, and then he, and then a buddy, Abe uh, Chasm, did the backgrounds and then I draw up and do all of the cutaway animations. And I just kind of, I've got a drawing tablet. I've been drawing since I was a kid. I'm not great, but I, I know how to do it. And, uh, and so I do all that side, but the way we animate it is using um, Adobe character animator. Oh, cool. And Adobe character animator lets you kind of puppet the characters in almost real time. Um, it's set up so you can do it in real time. We, we watched through it several times, but it's the only way we can do it weekly. And everyone can check it out on YouTube at just Two Dumb Babies, Two Dumb right? Babies. Yeah, you can find it anywhere, Two Dumb Babies, the number or the letter, uh, the word, <laughs> the letter, <laughs> the letter two. Um, that's why it's called Two Dumb Babies. <laughs> so, you know, what I thought, I, what I wanted to talk about today was how comedy, again, just coming from that world, although I've been doing other things for some time, but I've been thinking about what's been going on in comedy. And I just, what I want to talk about was how has comedy changed during the pandemic? How have you had to adapt as a stand-up? and really anything on your mind involving kind of that issue in the last year, man? Yeah. Um, I mean, adapting has been everything. It, it doesn't, 
completely exist. Uh, it's starting to again. There's a lot of there's a lot of states in the middle of the country now um, that are starting to do shows at at least half capacity. Um, a lot of the a lot of the like America's Got Talent comics and people who have had like some late night spots or some other things um, they're, they're doing okay and starting to get some shows again. And then the really big comics have done the big drive-in shows and, uh, and then they're starting to like book out um, clubs and stuff this summer or in, in the summer. Um, for me, I've had like a show every three to four months <laughs> during it. Uh, I did, I got to do some guest spots on a friend's show out in Vegas at the Stratosphere at LA Comedy Club, um, Kyrie Shabazz. Uh, and then um, I just did a show in LA at, uh, at um, what's it called? Uh, comedy, it was Jam, a Comedy Rocks? Jam and, yeah, Comedy Rocks was the show. Skylar Stone puts it on. I know Skylar. Um, I, I was going to tell you, I worked with Skylar. Uh, oh, really? I yeah, I know Skylar. awesome. Yeah. Yeah good dude and he, he had been doing his show forever at the comedy store and a lot of the comedy store and laugh factory per show producers have moved over to it's called jam in the van um which they used to be like they still are but they do music performances in their space and uh and then they just kind of built it out and it's an outdoor place you have people grouped in the groups they come in you have to buy tickets in pairs or fours and then there's like a cooler in front of you with drinks and snacks ahead of time that you select online. So no one has to deal with anyone. Um, and, and those are the closest we can do to shows out in LA right now. When your livelihood literally overnight is just on pause. I mean, how do you handle that? What, what was the moment where you're like, Holy, like I can't do what I do. Um, I watched it fall out pretty quick. I, I remember it was like March, 11th last year i think I, I had a show in la and then the next day willie was over here actually and we were writing and he had two shows that night and they both got canceled and then we watched over the course of 48 hours all shows get canceled i watched um uh rome and duddy rome from sublime with rome and duddy from the dirty heads they were doing um they're doing a duo project right now and they were out on tour and I was talking to them and they had to come home and I watched the sublime with Rome shows. I'm their road manager. I watched our shows just every week kind of get pushed and then disappear. And, you know, over the course of like two, three weeks, I watched just an entire year of work uh, disappear. <laughs> I was like, Oh, we're not going to be back for a long time. Yeah. Was that when you thought about on, on the good side trying, was that when you created two dumb babies we actually created it um, in uh, September of 2019 and then started at the end of that year, started putting them out. But we, we had started the idea way back in 2019 towards the beginning of it and then slowly started um, getting it all drawn up and, and worked out. Um, so we were luckily already rolling. We actually did an episode on coronavirus La the beginning of last February, <laughs> like a month before we were even told it existed here. <laughs> really? Yeah. No kidding. We were, we were talking about it before it was even technically here. Now that we know, now we know it was here earlier, but um, yeah. 
And and boy, did a lot of those jokes not age well. <laughs> I was doing I was doing jokes about the coronavirus on stage the day before the lockdown happened. Yeah, it's like you always say, like, you want to be like, I'll never take anything down or it's part of my my creative evolution. But like everybody yeah. takes things down. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, no, I'm OK. It's still yeah. up there. Yeah, cool. There's, you know, there's a handful of jokes uh, in it that are still kind of funny. It's it might be sad to watch now. I'll leave it up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to take it down. You're, Recently, I received one of uh, many uh, threats or to take something down. And I, I you have you always have the same reaction, which is no, yeah. like unless, <laughs> exactly. unless there's a unless and it's not um, it, it's I was trying to think how to explain this. It, it has nothing to do with anything at my work at Forensic News. It was some of my outside work. Mm -hmm. uh, but regardless, uh, like after you've been doing this for a while, you're just like, no, yeah, like. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, the the majority of your stuff um you, you're working from home and everything already so like how did your stuff go when when everything first hit yeah that's a great question i think that i it wasn't intentional but when i started to make a little bit of a move uh, a lateral move from entertainment into this is what i'm doing now mm -hmm. it was just i guess a little lucky that you can do this from home and i you know i, I wouldn't call myself in comedy, I was an improviser a lot more than stand-up. So mm -hmm. I I wouldn't have been in the same situation. Well, improv has been, of course, destroyed a little bit too. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it was a good time to make a move. And you're right, I can work from home. And I have to say, like, I'm trying to make the best of things. If you're in, like, journalism, this has been a very bad time if you're, like, the focus of a journalist's article because journalists mm. are sitting at home you have access to all the same resources and you have more time uh i'm finishing up a story right now uh identifying one of the capital terrorists uh that nobody's identified and wow. i wouldn't have the time to do that if i <laughs> yeah wasn't here so it's like yeah you know too bad for him yeah i think all those people wouldn't have had time to go down the rabbit hole so far and get completely yeah. lost in their own minds either if we weren't trapped at home it, i honestly yeah. think that whole movement wouldn't have existed well you're you're not in the capacity at least no you're correct like a lot of well they say they say that's true that a lot of i just read an article on that exact topic that people were at home and getting more and more crazy yeah and then some like good things can come out of it like the protests uh after george floyd some of that pent-up uh sort of what we we're all experiencing led mm -hmm. to something uh, great with civil action, but with these other in lunatics from in the mm -hmm. capital, the opposite happened. Yeah. So it's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Willie and I always say like people need to be able to go outside so that they can get called an idiot to their face. Basically. Like you need to, you need to be able to bounce an idea off other people in the world and enough other people <laughs> so that you have other voices coming back at you. Like, Hey, no, that's stupid. Instead, you're just like, I have an idea and no one is here to stop me. <laughs> That's what the capital people needed. Like one guy, like, you know, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, anyone. <laughs> but the problem was they, they're talking to each other, so they don't have a you or a me. It's like, exactly. It's a like, great idea, dude. Every, everyone got trapped in their own, in their own bubble, which is what we were kind of told to stay in <laughs> over and over again anyways. But quick way to divide people is to have people only talk to the people they 100% agree with i was looking at one of the latest uh, guys they arrested who's this i think the son of this guy named brent bozell or something he's a prominent conservative activist he's like a gym teacher somewhere and they got this 
crystal clear photo of him there. And I'm like, you really actually thought that like this was a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> there was like, multiple teachers, I think, that went. That's scary. You're a, you're a teacher. <laughs> yeah. Like, the only thing crazier is like the cops who were there or the like people. It's like you didn't think like maybe I should just stay outside. Mm hmm. It's amazing. I mean, you got all the way there. You're gonna <laughs> gonna go protest Disneyland and the gates open and not go into Disneyland. Go big. <laughs> what were your thoughts when that happened? I mean, you're. I know you're. A, it's not like you're a political comedian, I, but yeah, I, yeah. That that's one of the other things that's happened. Everyone, every comedian's technically a political comedian in the last few years because anything you talk about is political. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I've never been a political comic. I. I honestly didn't watch too much of it when it was happening. I knew it was going on. I was like, I, I'll, I'll sit and watch the highlight reels tomorrow. I, <laughs> I was like, I yeah. just kind of waited. And that was better um, for me. I think I just wrote that day and mm. just worked on the cartoon and did stuff like that. I, I've, I've done everything I can to ignore the news when I can, because we do, Willie and I watch and read the news and stuff for, for the show. And we were both just getting extremely depressed last year um, at where it was like every week we'd be like, all right, what's the new topic? And we'd have like three things to choose between. Mm. Um, at one point last year, we just started doing, it was called the plague episodes. And, <laughs> uh, and it was like school during the plague, <laughs> it was like uh, <laughs> the stock market, but during the plague. And it was just like, we would do these topics, but everything was affected by it so we're like well we still want to be able to talk about these later uh, as as a whole and not just during this this time period it's really been a i don't know what the word is for the last year yeah <laughs> some someone will find something and it'll go in a history book there are, i feel like words are my business i should both our businesses we should have a word but yeah i um fucked yeah. <laughs> i know one decision i made is that I am not talking or like, I'm not talking about anyone involved in the previous four years who were in the government, unless they're being indicted or I'm writing about them, but mm -hmm. I'm done. Like yeah. you won't see me tweeting about any of those people uh, from the very top to, I don't care who it was like, yeah. I'm done. They wasted and ruined too much of everybody's lives. Mm-hmm. So, and I get mad even like in my timeline when I see someone's like, so-and-so said, like, you see, even right now, I'm not mentioning because like I, yeah, enough. Yeah. I made, I made that, uh, conscious decision in stand up a few years ago when dude got elected, I was just like, <laughs> I'm not going to say his name because it gives, gives them more power and you, and you watch it like hit people's ears in a comedy club mm -hmm. and it hits their ears, uh, like, like it, a worse than a bad word that they don't like it's like a cancer type thing and it's just a they're just like turned off immediately i'm like well everyone's making these jokes and i don't really talk about specifically politics anyway so i just stayed away from all of it right one uh secret and you can comment on this but i've always found it to be true one secret to being good at stand-up is really there, there's always been, in my opinion, a likability factor, whether like you can see someone who's starting out who they might not be great, but they have kind of a, a stage presence or likability. People yeah, are kind charisma. of like, right? Yeah, and charisma. But when you throw in, when you say that word, that man, mm -hmm. the person yeah. who was, you know, in the White House, you can feel it deflated. Like, and then people are like, oh, like, I don't feel good. Yeah. 
I, I've watched some of my favorite comics make amazing jokes and, and <laughs> points and all sorts of things. But some of the stuff I'm just like, well, this isn't real fun, though, right. as comedy. And and that's something that has unfortunately also gotten lost in the last few years as comedians not necessarily being funny. Um, you know, not all of them. Uh, plenty are still hilarious. Most of the biggest ones are still putting jokes first, but a lot of the up up and coming ones who haven't even proved themselves as funny comics yet <laughs> just kind of went the way of just talking about things, um, which that's what I'm stuck around the most. I only get on shows with the big dogs here and there. No, no. That's, I've thought about that a lot, actually. Like, And I'm not sure that I know what the answer is. How, you know, we saw these, the big players, like, I don't know, the people who host late night shows, some of them become fully like political commentators. But let me ask you, yeah. I mean, what do you do? Because I found like, what was, how did you make a joke about what was going on in the last four years? Um, I mean, I go on various things, but like, let's see, as close as I got to, I, I don't do political so much as I do like social issues. Mm -hmm. Like I'll talk about homelessness or I'll talk about, uh, a self-driving car killing someone you know i'll, I'll talk about <laughs> yeah. stuff in those directions i'll talk about when we were going through the trying to get rid of banned vapes and that sort of stuff and how stupid that was considering we still haven't banned cigarettes um which still kill way more people and like yeah. so i'll get into stuff like that where there is kind of a point uh, and i'll just make jokes about it but as far as like the government and that sort of stuff i don't talk about it uh, it's just never been my wheelhouse. It, you and and once again, being like a political co uh, comedian used mm -hmm. to really be a specific thing. We had mm -hmm. we had a we had like a Lewis Black, and we had our John Stewart. We had you know we had people that's like that's a political comedian, and then we had everyone else. Uh, and then now, like the last four years, all of a sudden everyone just had to. It's like whatever you're saying has to be political or you have to comment on what's going on in the government, even though you don't even know the three branches of government or what they do. Like, I don't want to hear what you have to say. You know, I was, I, it's funny. I got to say, it's not funny. In doing some research for an article a while back, I discovered, and you can comment on this, a very, uh, it might, I, don't, I don't know, at one of the big clubs, there was a, a virulently kind of very pro-Trump right-wing, this comedian crowd. I watched some of the, the videos as part of my research. It was actually disgusting. And I, I, I don't know, have you experienced that? I mean, I'm not talking about somebody um, conservative. I'm talking about like oh, scary. Um, uh, no, not really. And I've performed all over the country and like, you know, I've done – the deep south i've done the midwest i've done yeah. the east coast i've done other countries um the thing with comedy for the most part people that are far in one direction stay away from it because they don't have good senses of humor um yeah. like even people that are super far left don't really have good senses of humor um and aren't around to laugh you have to be towards the middle on either side you, you have to um you have to have empathy <laughs> to, uh, yeah. to really enjoy comedy. Otherwise, you're laughing in probably the wrong way. Um, yeah. But no, I, I haven't. Uh, I, I went to high school in Phoenix and 
um, parents are still there and I go back there a lot and that, I mean, it just flipped, but it's, it's still always been heavily a red state Mm -hmm. and um, plenty of conservatives or right-wing people come out to shows, but they're not the, they're not the far right. They're, they're people who are moderate um, conservatives. It's the older generation who's, you know, got different views of what that is. And, uh, and they still laugh and have fun talking about stuff. Um, Yeah. It was a video at what the thing I was thinking of was uh, two things, but there was a video at the, it was a very like late night show at the comedy store not long ago. And it was all these, you know, it was a bunch of guys and I'm sure who are drinking heavily. And it was, it was the very bad vibe that I always remembered from certain comedians where, and just to be clear, I'm a big believer, like as a true comedian, like you say what you want to say, if you bomb that's on, that's the way it goes. And everybody bombs, but this was just hateful. Uh, And it was really like, it was that bad vibe that I remember sometimes happened at that club, uh, just hmm. in certain yeah. shows. Yeah. I mean, there definitely are, there's a handful of comedians who kind of went super hard the other direction because they weren't doing well in the direction they were going. <laughs> and they're, and, and I mean, it's the same nice. thing with like something like parlor, you know, they're like, we have a crowd we can cater to yeah. that. No one's catering to them. So why not take the easy lob and, find some money over here and that's what you know that's what they do look at candace owens the, yeah <laughs> no the grift is the problem is that people well some, for some of them it's a hail mary because let's say they never would have had any kind of career but right. a lot of them aren't really thinking it through like there was a video a while back of this guy he became like a super right-wing rapper mm-hmm. but what he didn't think of like what happens when now we have a new administration you so not only are you 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 linked yourself to this other group who's now no longer in power and your videos are out there. So when someone looks you up, they're like, oh, that's the the terrible rapper. Yeah. It's really hard to do this without mentioning that's, his name. Right. <laughs> like, that's I think that's what people say when they look up plenty of rappers. Um there's the the thing with rap too, unless you're really good, unless you're one of the like big rappers, uh, there's no longevity in that in that style of music anyways got like 15 rappers who have gone on for decades you know and i'll and i'll say one more on that and then we we can move on but uh baked alaska who i don't know if you know who that is or may or may not know i don't don't think so baked alaska uh is is he was a guy who worked at buzzfeed tim i forget his last name and he originally was like a I guess on the surface, a normal guy. He was a BuzzFeed video guy, had had some success. Like he was on staff there. Mm-hmm. And then he became more and more like right wing and creating his own content. He ends up leaving, becoming some kind of pseudo rapper personality, going farther and farther down that rabbit hole to now he is under arrest by the FBI for also storming the Capitol. <laughs> and so funny. that's somebody who just totally, uh, he tied himself to that group yeah and now he's in very very serious trouble uh, yeah it's it's just it blows my mind yeah and i mean people especially over the last year you know have just wanted to tie themselves to a group have felt it necessary where it never used to be <laughs> you know even like like who i mentioned lewis black it's like lewis black made fun of democrats yeah. uh 
just as much as Republicans, if not possibly more, even though you know that he's left leaning. Mm -hmm. um, Most comedians are left leaning, but none like the political parties. We did an episode on Biden too, making fun Mm -hmm. of him. It's like, sure. You know, that there's plenty of stuff to make fun of on, on all of them. There's just also some stuff that goes on on one of the sides that happens to be extremely evil and apparently <laughs> evil. It's just like, right. If you're going to be, I was going to say like a truly great comedian or let's say a great journalist, you need to, the, what you focus on, there needs to be an open-mindedness to it. Mm-hmm. But my disagreement in, especially what I found in journalism is the belief that I can't be like a person or have opinions. Like that's a big thing I've learned. They're like, no, you just have to be this like, you know, faceless thing that mm-hmm. writes. It's like, no. <laughs> yeah. No. There's there's always going to be opinion in there. I do wish we had um, some sort of news that is like, is just, just written very boring in bullet point facts. <laughs> and that's like, and that's literally it. It's not, it's yeah. not like a story. It's just these things we know happen. They've been checked, you know, and instead it's like, you got to look at a million different things. You know, look at foreign um, news. You know, I feel like, yeah, AP or something, I guess is pretty good at that or some, there's some publications, yeah, but I hear closest. you. My, my contention has always been like, I feel like the person and the work, sh- there should be a separation. Like, let's say when I'm writing like journalism, every fact is where it's supposed to be. And I, you know, I'm, I'm obsessive about it. I'm methodical. Now, if you watch this podcast, you might see us a different thing, right? But right. We're just speaking. I feel like the work in anything, any field, it's, you should try to separate the work if you can from the, from the person. Um, but yeah. I guess that's hard. Yeah. And that's something we've stopped doing over the last handful of years as well. There's a lot of stuff that happened the last <laughs> handful of years, you could say. Uh, more than the previous years in my life, I think. I don't think more has happened in a condensed period of time. <laughs> yeah. I think on January, f- yes, January 1st, or no, no, it was New Year's Eve. I went on a hike up to the Bronson, the caves. Oh, yeah, where they yeah. filmed the original Batman show. And I took a photo of myself and I just, te- I just captioned it, made it. <laughs> it was like, if I can be so bold, it was the perfect caption. Yeah. I fucking made it. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I fucking made it right. to, that, yeah. to 2021. Exactly. Got there. What, I was so what proud. happens next is <laughs> up in the air. I know. There's a lot of people, I think, waiting for it to hit 12.01, and they're like, and everything's better. <laughs> and they're like, no, nothing's better. And and it was it was crazy, too, because I remember um, last January when, like, the year started, and we were, like, almost going to war with Iran, and there was, like, a bunch of other stuff just happening, like, immediately, because Willie and I started, we're like, okay, well, let's do an episode on Iran. Let's do an episode on uh, this thing happening on coronavirus was like three weeks later there was just so many different things happening the beginning of last year and then it kind of just repeated itself the beginning of this year yeah million crazy things happened every single week something new happened there was literally just five days and then january 6th one of the worst terrorist attacks of all time on the capitol there was five days yeah five days planned and now apparently so the 
the crazy QAnon crowd. I, did you hear what they think is going to happen on like March 3rd? No. I think it's March. It's either March 3rd or March. It doesn't fucking matter. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, they think that on that day, uh, the person who shall not be named shall enter the shall become the president again. Oh, yeah. I've seen some of those. They're just going to keep pushing it. It's like when religion keeps saying setting a new day for Judgment Day. <laughs> like, no, no, it's a real thing. Uh, but we read the book wrong. The scrolls lied to us. Yeah, was it, remember that comet cult? Like the hail? It was like back in the day. Like it, the guy said when this comet came that all, and then it didn't come. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. And then it just got pushed. He's like, I was wrong. It's like two years later or something. <laughs> they always do that. It's, yeah the uh, art of the con yeah it's crazy like, yeah people are really just that people just want to believe things so bad um and and it really is it's all it's all tied in with the way that we look at religion and stuff it's just wanting to believe and i get it you yeah. know no one wants to think that things just happen because they happen um yeah my my thing's always been like everyone everyone who's into the like how crazy all these other people are it's like you just don't want to believe that these are also normal people like you mm. who exist and maybe they have horrible intentions maybe they're dumb maybe they've been misguided like there's a million things that have happened to them in their life as well and it's like you just want to pretend that they're lizards or yeah. something you know you're just like they can't be people um yeah. and and they've made them out to be literally super villains straight out of marvel movies maybe marvel movies screwed everyone up too much it's a, a bunch problem. of people bunch of people who didn't know how to read comic books got to watch all the movies and went crazy <laughs> well yeah historically you know the the big the danger always comes when the person opposite you is no longer a person i've been yeah. on the other side of that you know you see your you see your image shaped by somebody else into the other and that's usually when something very bad happens. Mm -hmm. uh, and that that's yeah. where I think everyone getting, yeah, trapped inside. Just just boiled it over. Just made it so a thousand times worse. <laughs> I always get even my look, even someone who's my worst enemy. I always believe in like redemption, giving them the benefit of the doubt until you've given me a reason where I know I know that's no longer going to to happen. Yeah. Uh yeah, there's yeah. things people do that are just decisively, you know, just like, all right, you've done that. You've, you're no longer redeemable to me. <laughs> uh, and that's that's it. You can go about your business still. And some people need more and some other, sometimes other things need to happen. We'll see what happens over the next few months. And we'll see if people start to go back to normal once we get outside again. Once Once people are like, truly working in offices again. I mean, uh, that's not my world. I've never worked in an office. I don't even know that world at all, mm. but that's such a huge percentage of people who have been losing their minds on, yeah. on both sides, as far as it goes, as mm. far as just like, you guys used to cohabitate buildings, tall buildings in the city all the time, every day, you know, for eight hours a day. And, and it was fine. Right. Most people are not like us. They can't spend 25 hours a day, 25 hours a day. No, they can't spend most of the day, like completely alone. Whoa. No one's like you. <laughs> they like need. Song. Yeah. They need that. Uh, 
Well, everybody needs it. People. Everybody are... needs it. I, I feel like even when things were open and I'd spend like all day inside writing and then the first time I'd go out would be to do stand up, I would feel a little like weird. I was like, all right, the first time I'm going to talk to people is while I'm talking to them through a mic without them responding is <laughs> no good. And then now, other than like Willie coming over, it's like I'm just I'm still by myself here. I talk to friends and whatnot, but it's not the same like conversation. Um, it, people need to to be out and around people and have conversations and hear thoughts that aren't just their own or echoed of what they want to hear. So once we can go back to some kind of what we had before. I was thinking, so what's the first thing you're going to do that you can't do now? Like what, what's that one thing you're like, I'm doing this. I don't, I don't think I have a one thing like that. I just can't wait to get back to doing stand up. Um, no, that's, that's a great answer. I mean, even going to do it the other night at the jam in the van on like an amazing lineup, um, Sarah Silverman, Michael Rappaport, um, Andrew Santino, Skyler, uh, huh. Skyler Stone, whose show it was, um, just like such a fun lineup and everyone and people who work there like hanging out in the house, which is like the sound room and the green room and all of that. But everyone's like, you know, putting up masks and kind of keeping their distance and still it's like it's fun and we're having a conversation, but it's still not like what it usually is or what it would be. So I just can't wait to I just can't wait to have normal shows again to be able to get back out on the road and be on a tour bus again, be able to fly normally, um, just be able to travel without so much worry or trying to check what states are doing what. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm the most excited about. Um, I, I, I was going to say Michael Rappaport has done some superb comedy in the last oh, couple yeah. of years. Yeah, he's um he's newer as a stand-up. I saw him like his first show at the comedy store when he got up uh on um Sam Tripoli's show, uh, which I used to help him out with um Comedy Chaos. Such a fun show. Um, but he's like he's learning how to do his like rant style stuff that he does on social media on stage, and he's starting to get really good at it. And once once he like once he nails it and unlocks doing it at that same speed, it's gonna it's, he's going to just keep crushing, I think, but it's fun to watch him. Um, and then Andrew Santino is like one of my favorite comics. So getting to watch him was a lot of fun. And then Sarah Silverman, I haven't seen on stage in forever. I, she said she hasn't been up in a long time. So, um, getting She's to watch great. her work was amazing. Yeah. I'll say the one thing that I'm going to do when this, when we can go back to some sort of normalcy and then we'll mm -hmm. end. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going, there's this, Jazz club in downtown LA. I'm going okay. there. <laughs> nice. I'm gonna stand in the back and have a drink. I'm going to watch some great musicians. That's awesome. That's one of my favorite spots. I've been, I've been like dreaming about it. Like yeah, really. when the only thing that's really kept me going, like activity wise that I, that I did before this was, was hiking. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing I've been able to do, but everything else, even art museums, which I love to do. I haven't been able right. to do that. Yeah. I'm going to the jazz club and I'm just going to stand there. <laughs> I'm kidding in the back. That sounds so fun. I wish, like, I wish I had attachment to a place like that. Like, mine are all the comedy clubs and just being at bars doing stand up with friends. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't really go out here. I'd go on tour and I'd go out on tour. Um, 
and, and that was my time away. And then when I was home, I was just working, uh, writing, and then doing stand up at night. And I just, I just want that back, <laughs> which is work for me. It's like I just want, uh, you know, my jobs back. I just. Yeah. Luckily, I have been able to keep writing. Willie and I have got some scripts that we've uh, been working on. We've got the show. Um, awesome. We're doing a live live podcast. We do every other week on uh, online and every week on our Patreon. And um, yeah, th- those have kept me at least a little sane. Uh, animation, art, other things that I can just do without going outside. And where can people find you online? Uh, at Eric J. Friedman, uh, E-R-I-C-J, the letter J, F-R-E-E-D-M-A-N. And that's on Instagram's what I use the most, but I'm on Twitter and TikTok and everything else. I just don't use them much. It has been absolutely great having you on the show. <laughs> Thanks, so man. great to have a comedian. Here. Yep. <laughs> and hey, and we'll, we'll talk soon, okay? <laughs>